0: Support for KQED podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with Instant Pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest.
1: From KQED. What's up, Bay listeners? I've got a little request here from our team at the Bay. If you've got just eight minutes, we'd really love to hear your feedback on our show. What ideas do you have to make it better, and what do you want to hear more of? To take the survey, I'm going to leave you a link in our show notes, so check it out there. Thanks so much. I'm Erica Cruz-Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. the sun is finally out again in the Bay Area, but we're gonna be living with the impact of the storms for months and years to come. Whether it's cleaning up the damage, figuring out how to protect ourselves next time, or just seeing how we'll benefit from the water that was salvaged.
2: The very wet years may not really pull us back from the the damage done in the, the very dry years. Climate scientists refer to it as climate whiplash. And that's kind of our era right now.
1: 21 people died across the state due to the storms, and the widespread damage that was caused will take months, if not years, to repair. Today, taking stock of the storm's impact and the lessons we can take moving forward.
0: Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest.
1: How much rain exactly did we get these past three weeks?
2: Well, in some places it was a really historic amount.
1: Dan Brecky is an editor and reporter for KQED.
2: In San Francisco, they had 17 inches in three weeks. San Francisco has a really interesting rain record because it goes all the way back to 1849 uh, during the gold rush. And this was the second rainiest three-week period ever recorded. The only period that was rainier than this was in 1861-62, which was the, the year of the worst floods the state has ever seen.
1: How much damage did these storms do? Just talking about this in terms of like, dollars
2: first. Everybody involved is sort of totaling up the cost right now. And that's one of the things that's going to happen during this dry spell that we're we're having. The official estimates are coming now from counties. So for instance, the city of San Francisco is estimating forty six million dollars in damage. LA County $100 $100 million. And that's mostly for damage to public infrastructure like roads or the costs of uh, dealing with floods, clearing debris basins uh, that they have down in Southern California and that kind of thing. But it doesn't include right now the cost of damage to private residences, to farmland and that kind of thing. So one ballpark estimate that's been thrown out there is maybe it the, the price tag will come to a billion dollars. I think, have a feeling hearing these uh, county by county figures that it's going to be substantially more than that. Because, for instance, we don't know about Santa Cruz, where there was r- really widespread flooding. Uh, the town of Capitola, the, the waterfront got trashed during one of the storms. And so it, it'll take a while.
1: Yeah. I mean, you just mentioned Capitola. And I feel like I saw some really wild videos on social media these past three weeks that they really felt unreal. What is the range of stories across the region and the state that you've heard about in terms of how this rain has impacted uh, some communities across the state?
2: In that first really big rainstorm we got over New Year's weekend, a levee broke up in Sacramento County, went sweeping across uh, roads, farm fields, and even the major highway on the east side of the San Joaquin Valley, Highway 99, people drowned in that flood. We had people swept away in floods down by uh, Paso Robles in the uh, southern end of the Salinas Valley. There's a place called Planada outside of Merced, that uh, a local creek bear creek uh, went over its banks and uh, flooded the town and beyond that we had tens of millions of gallons of raw sewage or very partially treated sewage go into San Francisco Bay. This happened in San Francisco. It happened in the East Bay. And this is because the uh, stormwater coming in simply overwhelmed the systems that are supposed to deal with it. So, you know, the neighborhood very close to KQED is one that was flooded and had stormwater and sewage running in the streets. And then PG&E and other utilities had huge problems because it wasn't just that the the storms were raining. Most of them were also very, very windy. And so there were lots of problems with trees coming down and taking power lines down. PG&E had a total of 2.6 million customers. That's close to half of all their customers who were without power at some time during the storm.
1: We're talking about really dangerous conditions out there But at the same time, one thing that I've also heard is that many things actually could have been worse than they actually ended up. What can you tell us about that?
2: We saw lots of local flooding that no doubt caused lots of damage to people's uh, homes and belongings, but it didn't become sort of a countywide thing anywhere. You know, for instance, there's a a town here on the Russian River, Guerneville, which is notorious for flooding during wet winters. And there were fears that they could have a major flood there. Uh, That town has uh, been brought to its knees before during these uh, wintertime floods. Didn't happen this time. So I think the reason it wasn't as bad as it might have been was that the storms were kind of spread out. And while we were having storms that were pulling in these atmospheric rivers from the subtropical pacific there was just enough of a bumper between them that you know some of the water sunk in and so we didn't get disastrous river rises there is a, a couple of other things too that i would point to one is that our reservoirs were very low at the beginning of this and so they had lots of room for the most part to just capture the water coming in. So there were no big flood releases on the big rivers. And then the storms were also pretty cold. And so that meant that most of the precipitation in the mountains, where the precipitation is generally heaviest, came down as snow. And it's still up there. And we hope it stays up there for a while.
1: You just mentioned uh, the reservoirs and, and the reservoirs being low because, of course, as we all know, we are in a drought. I want to ask about maybe that as a silver lining to this um, storm as well. I think a big question a lot of people around the state are maybe asking is, was all this rain enough to maybe put a meaningful dent in the drought or even end the drought?
2: Well, you know, there's a debate about what an end to the drought would mean, but there's no doubt, no doubt at all, that it did put a meaningful dent in it. That... Is seen in the rising re- uh, reservoir levels. The fact that we're back to 100% of average for this time of year, uh, for you know the largest state reservoirs. Now there are some reservoirs that still have a long way to go, um, that are so- still below average. But the general picture is dramatically improved. So th- that's one you know very tangible improvement you can look at. The rain was falling just about everywhere. The only place in California that didn't get rain this time was in the very, very farthest southeast corner of the state. And every place else was getting pretty abundant rain. And that's really beneficial. The harder thing to answer is, we've been through 10 years where we've had more drought years than wet years and there's been damage done to ecosystems. And I think the consensus is that it will take much, much longer to mitigate or recover from that kind of drought. And there's also pretty solid scientific consensus that we're gonna see the sort of pattern we've been seeing recently with very dry years and very wet years. And the very wet years may not really pull us back from the the damage done in the, the very dry years. Climate scientists refer to it as climate whiplash. And that's kind of our era right now. What
1: can we actually do to protect ourselves from flooding and also save some of this water too? Like, are lawmakers or people in power talking about any of these ideas now?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of talk about it. So there are a number of things you can do. One of them is to use the infrastructure you have, the dams and reservoirs that are there, to capture water, and that's exactly what's happening now. In terms of doing things to both save water and maybe protect this from future floods in the Central Valley, there's a lot of talk about recharging underground aquifers that have been really overdrafted, overmined by um, irrigation. You know, the water is pumped out for uh, crops in the San Joaquin Valley. And uh, there's been serious damage to the aquifers because of that. And, And we need to recharge those. So there is a way of creating places for the water to spread out and sink into the ground and, and, and get into those aquifers. So we have this underground reservoir, and there could be a, a huge amount of uh, water saved that way. And then there is agreement among uh, a lot of people concerned with California water that there need to be improved regulations uh, controlling w- how and when we pump water from the delta The solution that people are talking about, creating areas where flood water can spread out when the rivers are high and when the dams on the rivers coming down from the Sierra Nevada need to release water, um, letting the water spread out would actually uh, reduce flood risks in some of the really populated areas, say around Stockton. So there are advocates for a Uh, Central Valley flood plan that really want to see that. The other thing that you need to do is to really take care of the existing infrastructure, um, levees mainly, that protect, um, you know, populated areas as well as uh, farm areas and make sure that they're, you know, maintained to the best standard possible. As I said, this is something that people have talked about for a long time. And in the wake of an event like we've just gone through, there's renewed urgency about it.
1: I got to say, growing up here in the Bay, I feel like I can't remember a time that it rained this much and had this much of an impact. I feel like it's pretty clear that climate change is sort of creating what you mentioned earlier, this whiplash between wetter winters and fiery summers. But we're also like not even out of rainy season yet, right? Like, will there be more storms like this? Possibly soon?
2: The crystal ball that uh, atmospheric scientists have developed is pretty amazing, but it doesn't give you precise knowledge about what's going to happen, say, beyond the next week. Precise knowledge. The models are are telling forecasters that we're going to be dry for, say, the the next 10 days. The uh, 8- to 14-day outlook, which covers January 27th to February 2nd, actually has us as slightly above normal precipitation. Now, you're talking about whether we could have other storms like this uh, later in the winter. Certainly we could. Atmospheric rivers uh, are a regular feature of the um, atmosphere in, in this part of the world. And so it's possible we'll get the right combination of circumstances. You know, storm centers moving in and the jet stream aligned in a certain way and atmospheric river moisture available to produce this kind of very wet storm that we've been seeing for the last uh, three weeks. But we just don't know what that's going to look like beyond... Like I said, a week, and then maybe two weeks. We have a general idea, and when you get out beyond two weeks, some forecasters call that fantasy range. So we we have to wait and see. Well, Dan, thank you so
1: much. Uh, hope you stay warm and enjoy the sunshine while you
2: can. I will.
1: In the last few weeks, California leaders have promised to do more to protect the state from flooding and capture water from storms. Governor Gavin Newsom and the legislature have agreed to set aside more than $8 billion, and lawmakers have proposed two more bills to improve our ability to store water and anticipate future flooding. That was Dan Brecky, an editor and reporter for KQED. This 30 minute conversation with Dan was chopped down by senior editor Alan Montesilio. Producer Maria Esquinka scored it. Our intern is Jalen Herdman. And I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. Peace.